Welcome to the GoTo Wellness Pro podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you strategically grow a thriving and profitable health business online. Each week, we dive into new topics surrounding design and tech so that you can take action and have a brand and business you're super confident in. I'm your host, Julie Ralston, and the owner of Jules Design, a website design studio who helps ambitious wellness pros and holistic business owners grow their brands through intentional design. To learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the GoTo Wellness Pro Podcast. You're listening to episode 52, and this week I'm talking with Natalie from Wellness Word Shop. We're chatting all about honing your elevator pitch. So we cover what the number one thing is that you need to know about an elevator pitch, how you can get started with writing your own elevator pitch, why it's important, and we also talk a little bit more about having an ideal client and why that's really important to your elevator pitch and also your messaging as a whole on your website, on social media, pretty much just anywhere when it comes to your business. Natalie is a content writer and copy coach who's connecting new health coaches with clients. She's focused on making sure that your copy has more strategy, more meaning behind it, which is something I'm always talking about as a website designer. I think it's really important too. And making it less salesy so that you can grow your business quickly as a new coach. So she helps her clients write lead magnets, websites, blog posts, emails, newsletter, all the things. So really great person to talk to for messaging in general. And we had a really great conversation all about crafting an awesome elevator pitch. So I'm really excited to get into this week's episode. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump in. Hi, Natalie. Welcome to the GoTo Wellness Pro Podcast. Hi, Julie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and share today. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm so excited to talk with you. And today we're going to talk all about creating an awesome elevator pitch, honing in on your ideal client, and how that can actually affect writing, you know, quality copy. So I'm so excited to jump into all of those things because... I, I don't, I'm sure we'll talk more about this, but elevator pitches, I feel like are such an important step for messaging and so many business owners just skip it completely. They end up skipping that step and just like jumping into writing their website copy or creating an email opt-in or whatever it is. And I think that might be because there's sort of some false beliefs around elevator pitches being like salesy, like yes. quote unquote salesy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure we'll kind of like bust that myth today and get into talking about, you know, why an ideal client's important, niching down's important. But before we jump in all of that amazing stuff in this episode, um, could you just tell listeners a little bit more about yourself, your business, and how you got started working with health and wellness pros? Sure. Yeah. I um, have been in marketing and advertising my entire career. I, at age 17, felt like I was wanted to be a copywriter and I don't know where that came from because I was from a small town and there were no ad agencies or anything like that, but Mm -hmm. they kind of stuck with me. So that's what I went to school for. And, um, I mostly had entrepreneurial type positions that, you know, here's your marketing person that does all the stuff. So, um, I also worked in an ad agency, uh, as a media buyer and then later as a copywriter. So I've kind of been through the gamut of marketing. 
Mm -hmm. And um, when I was laid off from the one job due to a client uh, loss, I finally was like, okay, now I can get back to writing. (laughs) Anyway, it was one of those blessings in disguises, not really in disguise, just a blessing. Um, (laughs) So I was able to do, you know, start freelance writing at that point. And I've been doing that for about eight years. Um, Insert my wellness journey for many years now. And I was led to write a book on healthier eating and do some talks around that, which was totally against my grain. I like being under the radar, honestly, but um, um, if that got me out of my box and I thought, am I supposed to be a health coach? And then (laughs) she's like, no, writing is my gift. So I decided to combine my passions for writing and wellness and to write for the wellness industry. Mm -hmm. Um, Fast forward a little bit and I realized that, you know, I thought that was being niched down, which we're going to talk about later, but I realized that's not niching down specifically enough. So then I focused more on health coaches out of all the different wellness pros. Mm -hmm. And then further, even more, you know, right now I'm focusing more on newer health coaches. So yeah, that's, that's really what I'm doing today. Yes. <laughs> yes. So when you, yeah, we'll get more into that with the topics today, but definitely that's what brought me to do what I do today. That's such an interesting story. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm kind of the same as you. I know we were talking about this before uh, we started recording today, but I started being, you know, graphic designer, website designer for health and wellness pros because I was really interested in health and wellness myself. I almost majored in nutrition and in college. And it's just always been those website design and health and nutrition have always been like these parallel interests of mine Mm -hmm. that I finally realized I had Mm -hmm. like a big aha moment that I was finally time to like combine these two things and start working and building websites for health and wellness pros. So we have a very similar story there, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. Story. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we're going to jump into that today too. So I'm so excited. Um, Okay. So let's go ahead and get started. I'd love to know, we're going to talk a little bit more about elevator pitches before we jump into like the ideal client part of the conversation today. Mm -hmm. But I know that we're going to get to that too, because I'm, I'm always love talking about ideal clients. Mm -hmm. That's going to be great. Um, But elevator pitches, they're so, so important to have, but it's a step that so many business owners skip. I know we were talking about how it can be sort of like salesy and seen as as yes. like that, but that's so not true. Um, but I guess what is the number one thing that you need to know about an elevator pitch just to go ahead and get started? Yeah, I agree that it can be different. It can be perceived as being salesy, but yeah, the number one thing that was going to help it not be so salesy that you want to know about <laughs> your elevator pitch is that it needs to go back to your story and involve your story. So when we were just bantering about our stories a bit, you know, it, <laughs> Naturally, when you look back at what where you've been, you can see a more obvious place where you're meant to serve. And so that's how your elevator pitch becomes less salesy and mm-hmm. actually gets you really grounded in what it is that you're doing. That's so true. And I definitely think that stories are really important when it comes to creating messaging in general, your elevator pitch. And I think sometimes entrepreneurs have a little trouble realizing how their story can connect with their ideal clients. Have you noticed that too as well? Yes. 
I believe so because, yeah, I have. I mean, because, you know, it's kind of unclear on what an elevator pitch should be and how far to niche down to your ideal client. And it's just the connection, you're right, isn't clearly there for them. Yeah. I think that can make it a little bit hard to get started, but I know you've got some tips and stuff for us. So like, how can listeners get started writing their elevator pitch? Yeah. And I just want to um, specify too, like there are different versions of your elevator pitch. So, you know, if you're going to a networking event, you might have a one minute or you may even have a two minute elevator pitch or a 30 second elevator pitch. And those mm. are fine, but I like to challenge my clients to come up with like a 10 word, give or take a 10 word elevator pitch that um, just says exactly what they need to say. Because when you have that, that just empowers you to really focus on that thing and just be focused. And, and that comes through in your copy and that can comes through in who you're supposed to serve as well. So mm-hmm. um But so how do you get started on coming up with your elevator pitch? First, I would say, let's brain dump a little bit. List out what you do currently that's related to the job that you're going to promote. What do you do? Um, Who do you serve? And if you don't have any clients yet, then who are you, who are you envisioning that you are serving and doing and what are you doing? So what you do, who you serve, list those out, write a little piece about why you're doing this to begin with. Why are you doing this um, wellness profession or coaching? And then I would say to next bullet point or journal your heart away about your story. What has happened? What are the milestones that you've encountered in your life? I mean, you might want to take 30 minutes. It's not maybe an hour you know, it's not the time to shortcut things because this is what you're building your business on. And I think, like you said, um, people tend to glaze over it because they think they're, I'm not going to be that salesy person. I'm not wanting to do that. So I don't really need that. Mm -hmm. Or I don't want to waste my time on it. I just want to like jump into working with clients or something. (laughs) Right. So, but then you're not as focused in your just sending mixed messages more than likely. Mm-hmm. So once you bullet point your or journal about your story, you can take a step back and look at it. You know, where does this, what is going on with this storyline, story theme that um, I can serve in and help with today? Am I in that, am I in the right zone or do I need to reconfigure a little bit about my um, specialty or whatever it is? It's not it's not very likely that it's going to complete that you're completely off track. It's more likely that you just need, you you just need to focus in and be a little more specific. Yeah, I completely agree. It's not like you got to come up with some completely new story. It's just maybe you need to hone in a little bit more or just edit things a little bit almost (laughs) and bring it all together in full circle. Kind of lump some things together if they have similarities instead of trying to say everything that you do. So that leads to the second um, thing I would suggest is it's a simple template to figure out your elevator pitch is, you know, your what plus the why. Your what plus the why. So what you offer and why you're offering that. So I help new health coaches get clients through content. 
I'm telling you what I offer and why I want you to have new clients. So it's very succinct. And you might wonder, well, how do you do that or whatever? But that's your next conversation. That's the beauty of it. You can just leave it simple. And then that person decides, do I need this type of thing or not? And then yes or no, move on or not, you know? Mm -hmm. And then talk about the how in the next conversation that you have. That is so important. And I completely agree with you. I think that's one of the most important things to have is the your what and why. And I didn't even realize that is an elevator pitch actually. And that's what I recommend my clients put in that like top hero section on their website all yeah. the time. It, like that first thing you land on the homepage, that yeah. section right there with like a picture of you and your what and why, because that's going to let people know they're in the right place or they're not in the right place right. and how you can help them and why you're doing this. So it's so important. Right. Well, and you're probably, you know, you are not thinking of a 10 second ver or 10 word version. Right. So <laughs> that's why I think there's absolutely a, an appropriate time to have a longer version and you need to have a longer version for other things. But mm -hmm. online, you're, you have a few seconds to get attention. So Yes, exactly. On your website, on social media, like having that 10 word elevator pitch that you mentioned, that's going to be so helpful because, you know, you got like 15 seconds for an Instagram story. You've got like that little bio for your Instagram story or whatever social media right. platform you're using. You just have like a little section to talk about that, to talk about it, to write it. Your website, you have that one spot to really grab people's attention um, your opt-in incentive, you can include that. Like there's so many different places you can sort of like include that elevator pitch mm -hmm. and just let people know they're in the right place and how you're helping them or what you're doing and why, and absolutely. then how you're helping them later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if people are struggling with their elevator pitch or like to figure out what their what is and their why is, do you have any like exercises or recommendations on just like how to actually do that, like journaling or something? Well, yeah, I think that's like the steps that I was talking about that kind of helps you do that because mm -hmm. you can go back to the list that you make and say, what is it that I, that I do or want to do? And you look at the list that you just kind of jotted down and, you know, can you lump some things together? Can you eliminate some things that don't necessarily matter so much? Mm -hmm. um, so that you can use that to get to your what and then your why, you know, that's going back to your journaling too. What, what brought you here? Your story is definitely a driver for your why because your story is, Julie, mine is. And as you d dig deep into your story, um, you're going to help develop that why. So, I, yeah. you know, you don't have to, and it shows up differently in your elevator pitch. Like my why is to help you get clients, but that's because I want more people to get well and I want you to grow your business. So mm -hmm. it's not like I'm saying I do this because I've had my own health journey and all of that, which yes. is true, but I'm telling you my true passion is to help more people get wellness. So that's driving me to help you get new clients. So it's not like you're going to use that verbiage verbatim necessarily, but you're using your why behind what it is. A lot of people that are in wellness have struggled with past issues themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that becomes the driver. And yeah, that can be your you why. need to acknowledge that. 
Yes, exactly. Because that is a part of their story. And like you said, that's the number one thing you need for an elevator pitch is your story and how that's Mm going to connect with your why. Right. And you don't have to um, give all of your story details away, but it also does help you give give you things that you can talk about in your post and just relating to let people relate to you and get to know you. Mm -hmm. And it all kind of like it seems like can build off of that elevator pitch. Like you can pull out other messaging things that you can then talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. And it goes to, I know you talk about this a lot, just being more yourself, being authentic is um, it's just being you and then it becomes easier and it's not the sales pitch. It's just you being you. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And that's so important online. Mm -hmm. It's just being authentic and genuine being yourself and not feeling like you got to show up as somebody else or, um, you know, I think a lot of times with social media, we see other entrepreneurs who are like five steps ahead of us and we're like, oh, I want to be there, but mm-hmm. not getting caught up in like what they're doing and like what your competition's doing, like just doing your own thing, I think is really That like, is me. true. Yeah. That's really hard to separate yourself from that. Yeah. <laughs> Total side note, but. <laughs> yes. I think it's a whole nother episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I think that gave listeners a lot of advice and tips. And thank you so much for for sharing that information about an elevator pitch. I think that would be really helpful. And we also have some great action steps there for ways that you can get started writing your own elevator pitch like today and, and really brainstorm those things. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Sure. Um, so let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk more about finding an ideal client, niching down. This is a big topic that, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of, I guess, like business pros and coaches are always talking about is like finding your niche, getting clear on your ideal client. Um, and from like a copywriter's perspective, I'd love to know, do you find that it's easier to write copy when you know exactly who that person's ideal client is? Ooh, I love this question. Um, <laughs> okay, let me be honest. Uh, at first, it's not easier because... Um, from my own experience, I'm used to being the broadcaster saying all this to everybody, right? So that's mm-hmm. my inclination to be like, oh, you can learn how to write this. And if you're a health coach, you can learn about mindset, anxiety, and I can help you with nutrition. Um, but when you do that, a couple of things can happen when you're not niched down. First of all, you can overwhelm with all of those messages, right? So I end up feeling like I'm this dog out in a rainstorm, shaking my head, trying to get the water off, wondering what in the heck you just (laughs) said to me because I'm feeling pretty scattered. (laughs) Not what we want to leave as an impression. No, definitely not. (laughs) The second thing that can happen if you're not niched down is your message falls short. So um, I do have stick figure drawing for this in my trainings (laughs) can't do that over audio so I'm trying to let you visualize it but if you're um, sending a message to your client your potential client and talking about how you can help with mindset shifts or anxiety but you're not following through you're not going all the way through to what she's thinking where she might need the mindset shift and the help with anxiety but she really is feeling like she just needs some room to breathe. I just need to be able to get out of bed today and not cry when you're Mm -hmm. speaking more directly to her message that she's wanting to receive. 
that's when you make that connection. But too often we fall short of that if you're not niched down. So um, I think it's harder at first to, to change the way that you write and do that. But once you do, and it's not, we'll talk about how you can get to this point. But once you do, you're thinking one-on-one, I'm speaking to my friend across the screen from me. And that becomes much easier because you're having a friendly conversation. And what is easier than that? Nothing, right? No other type of writing or Mm -hmm. um, communication is easier than having a conversation. Yes, so true. And I agree with you. It is hard to kind of hone in on like exactly what your ideal client is struggling with and the ways that that's going to tie in with your offering. And sometimes you even have to craft your offering around where your ideal client is. So sometimes, yes, it can be harder at the beginning Mm -hmm. to do that work and really get clear on who your ideal client is and how you're helping them with your offering. Mm -hmm. But once you have done that, I agree, it's so much easier to market and have a business that is going to like be successful and give your ideal client really those results that you're wanting to get for them. Um, because like you're really honed in on that messaging it's so so much easier once you have that but it is work up front for sure (laughs) yeah and it's not like painstaking or anything it's just like catching yourself being like wait am I focusing on this one person like put a stick figure near or a Mm -hmm. person that you write about on a popsicle stick near your computer or your notebook whatever and literally envision that you're talking to this person every time that you write And once, you know, like they say, you do something for 21 days in a row or whatever it is, the habit begins to stick. So yes, it's just that upfront, you know, getting your old habits turned, flipped a little bit to a healthier habit. (laughs) Right. Yeah, definitely. That way you're just always talking to that person, you know, whether you're actually thinking of a person you've met online that like you really want to be working with or mm-hmm. it's an ideal client that you've kind of made up and you've created like an ideal client avatar. Either way, as long as you're kind of thinking about that person, like you're having a conversation with them every single time you go down to write anything for your business, mm-hmm. that's going to help to really establish that brand voice in the end and ultimately your elevator pitch too. <laughs> yes, definitely. And just to be clear, like, you know, you have an ideal client, like I have two, honestly, but I'm only going to talk to one over a year or six months selling Mm. one thing. And even if I am, you know, working more for new health coaches right now, I'm not going to turn away a seasoned health coach or a chiropractor. It's all wellness. So even if you, I know a lot of people hesitate to niche down to an ideal client because you don't want to be, um, confined to a box, so to speak, Mm -hmm. or pigeonhole yourself, but you're not. You're actually going to make a deeper connection and get more of those people that you love working with to come to you. They're going to find you. You're not even going to have to go find them. They're going to find you because they're going to hear your messages and Mm -hmm. it's going to be less um, digging around for you to find clients. So it's, it's super helpful to narrow down, even though I think it's against our our um, normal grain or intuition to begin with. Right. I completely agree. We are always thinking, oh, well, I want to work with everybody because I don't want to limit myself. But the reality is there's sort of like this ideal client, this niche that you're speaking to and you're talking to, and that's who you're going to work with 
most of the time. Mm -hmm. But then there's almost this bigger like audience that you're going to end up forming through your messaging. And these are people that are going to connect with like bits and pieces of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. But maybe the offering's just not quite right yet. But these are people you can you can serve and you can help too. Um, And like you were saying, like a chiropractor, that's not you know, your ideal client, but it is kind of more within that audience They're within wellness. And that's still somebody that you might end up working with. Right. Right. It's not really limiting you. It's just helping you be focused and clear. Yes. Which is going to be more converting than not doing that. Yeah. If you're not connecting with people, then you're not going to end up like actually making conversions and getting leads, unfortunately. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And from like a services standpoint or a program or whatever, it's so much harder to actually like make that thing if you're like reinventing the wheel every single time. Like if you're a health coach and you're working with, you know, women and men of all different ages and all different, you know, struggles, like that's really hard to market. That's really hard to talk about messaging. And it's also hard for you because every single time you work with a client, you're completely like doing things differently instead Mm -hmm. of having like a signature uh, program or a signature service that you can just continue to work with, with clients and like, just do that over and over again and, and help people to make that like life-changing impact in their lives. So, so much easier to niche down on so many different levels. (laughs) It is. I was doing that at first too. So it was like, I had all these options in my, you know, product offerings and my business coach was like, that's too much. People don't, that's too much to choose from. People don't want that many choices and Mm -hmm. it's just too much. And then the other thing is like when I did focus more, even niching down further to newer health coaches, it's like, what do they need right out of the gate? Okay. So they don't need the blog post yet more than likely. So Mm -hmm. don't go down that road. I mean, I do those, but I'm not going to, that's not what I'm going to talk about. And if somebody comes to me wanting those, absolutely, I would love to do those. But in the meantime, I have exactly what newer health coaches need and and not the other stuff that they don't need. So you can do the same thing with your wellness programs. You have the other stuff in the background. You're just not talking about all the time and you're not focusing on that. So to your point, you're not having to reinvent the wheel. You're talking about the one thing. Um, or maybe two things that you're offering, you don't talk about them both at the same time, but you have like one, two of them listed somewhere talking about one and you don't feel like you're scattered all over the place, having to reinvent the wheel every single time that you work with somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's such great advice. And thanks for sharing an example too, from your business, because I think that really helps. Yeah, sure. Um, So for those listening, Maybe I think it's pretty like almost easier to choose an ideal client if it's like your story is really similar to your ideal clients. And for a lot of health coaches and people in health and wellness, that is the case. You know, maybe you are a woman with PCOS and now you're helping women with PCOS. Maybe it is that easy to like figure out or at least kind of get closer to who your ideal client is. I'm sure you need to do a little bit more work to know exactly who you're talking to, pick an actual person, create that ideal client avatar. But sometimes the story can really lead into who your ideal client is. But maybe for those listening who it's not as easy, like how can listeners go about choosing an ideal client? Like if they're listening and like, oh, I just don't know 
who it should be. I do like working with everybody. Yeah, sure. And, and true. I agree that it ideally is going to stem from your story. So it could be you mm-hmm. or someone that you've helped already. So, um, so yeah, if you don't know for sure at all yet, then you can definitely look back at your story, but also you can look at, um, if you have a current like base of clients, you know, what are the common threads in that base of clients? You know, is it more mm-hmm. people, women, is it moms? Is it, um, are they worried about confidence or simply just the weight loss factor? Do they need, um, help with, you know, managing a balance in life or are they just, um, are they an empty nester? All of those things, um, matter. So think about the commonalities between the, the majority of your clients that you're working with and the, especially the ones that you have liked working with because those are your ideal client mm-hmm. or she is, I should just keep it singular. Um, <laughs> If you don't have any clients yet, then think about the people in your network of people, just people that you know, and the ones that you think you could help. And again, come up with commonalities in that group of people. Mm, Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think just like you said, just brainstorming on who you've actually liked working with can be a great place to start because you might realize that all of the people you've really enjoyed working with and that you've made that life-changing impact in their lives are all very similar in a lot right. of ways. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that can help. And one thing I heard recently on, I think it was a Chase Tuning episode about um, niching down, which I thought was super helpful, but it goes back to thinking about your story though. You know, where were you two steps ago with your wellness journey that mm-hmm. might be a great place to start too, because when you're only two steps ahead, everything is so fresh in your mind that you can help best in that area versus, you know, five years ago trying <laughs> to help somebody in that spot. So um, I thought that was a great little tidbit. It's kind of, I think about it like my kids are 12 and 10 now. And then if I had to go back to changing diapers, I would be like, <laughs> what you know it's not that fresh in my mind so I know it is in yours but yeah. in mine it is yeah <laughs> you're still doing it she's a year old now that's awesome yeah <laughs> well thank you I know I can't believe she just turned one like whoa yeah. it's crazy. I know it, it is true when they say it goes fast man Whew. yeah I know people kept saying that to me when I was pregnant and I just didn't quite get it but Mm -hmm. now I definitely do I'm like what happened yes (laughs) where did the time go but yeah I know what you mean like it would be hard to think back to that time my um brother-in-law and sister-in-law actually just had a baby and even yesterday she was asking me about like how many times to feed the baby and Mm -hmm. because it's a newborn and I even was like oh How yeah. what was it again? <laughs> Every two to three hours? I'm not sure exactly. I have mom brain still and I yeah. can't remember. It's like I can't remember. It was a lot. I know that. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, a great example. <laughs> and that's just been a year, right? So <laughs> Yeah, I agree. If you can kind of think back to just what did you say it was? Like two to three steps? Two steps ago, yeah. Yeah. I think that's I swiped that from somebody. Started. I'm not taking credit, but yeah, <laughs> I loved it. I was like, oh, good point. 
Yeah, that is a great point. The other thing that helps you do is to be more confident. I mean, like we have aspirations of having this grand business or whatever. It may not be super grand. We just may want to make an impact, but still it takes some of the pressure off. Like I have, that's, those are my steps to come. I don't have to be there yet. I just need to be where I am right now. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So true. And I think you shared some great tips on like, figuring out how to figure out who your ideal client is and how to get really clear on that. Um, so bringing it back to like your elevator pitch and your ideal client, cause I want to make sure we kind of like connect these before we wrap yes. up today. Um, like why are, or like, why is your pitch and your ideal client connected? Like why are they both important for your writing in general? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it is important to make the connection. So um, you can have well-written copy out there and it might work okay. But my my little phrase that I like to use is it needs to be client-focused copy, not just mm-hmm. well-written. It needs to be client-focused. And that means exactly what it says. You're focusing on your client that you're serving And you're doing that more when you hone in on your elevator pitch and niche down to that one person that is Mm -hmm. very client focused. And then you're able to solve a problem for your client. And that allows you to address those. So like if you're thinking of, I like to think of um, what problem am I solving? What's the solution I'm offering? And what's the success this person is going to get from it? Mm -hmm. And you can think of that big picture like your whole wellness program that you're offering over the long term. But you can also break that down into many transformations like, okay, is that person diagnosed or at this place where she is not diagnosed and just wondering what the heck are all these symptoms? Because those are two very different places. But Mm -hmm. when you know where she is, you can speak to that next step for her. Does she need uh, um, some symptoms to look for or does she need like, foods to be tracking, you Mm -hmm. know, and you can offer that as your freebie. So you're really beginning to connect with her on the journey. And I think getting this um, client focused copy is super important in wellness because our journeys in wellness are so individual and unique and personal that um, you need to show that you're able to get to that level, that level of detail. Come let me know that you're in the weeds with me sorting through all this crap that I'm dealing with and helping me make sense of it because it's so overwhelming. I need you to help me through it. So when you're getting more specific in your copy and speaking to those points, you're going to really resonate with those people um, thinking about working with you and those seeing you online, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. I think like you said, wellness is such a personal thing and people do want to make that personal connection. They want to know that you are the person to help them through this health struggle that they're going through, why you're the best person for that, what you're offering. So that's why having that elevator pitch is so important because you can articulate that really easily so that people know like, oh, you are the right person. Let me keep following you. Let me keep looking at your website. Let me grab your freebie. Right. Let me learn more about you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Because those are the things that are going to help build that connection further, build that know, like, and trust that I know I'm always talking about on this Mm -hmm. podcast, and then ultimately allow people to become clients of yours. 
Absolutely, 100%. And doing that all without being so salesy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because it's not salesy at all. It's just you sharing, you know, like you said, your what and why. Right. And I don't want to deceive. You do have to still sell what you're doing, but you're selling what you're doing and not being a sales, you know, mm-hmm. you're not feeling so salesy. And it's just more natural. Like, here's what I offer. Is this helpful to you? It's just much more natural. Right. It's so. This is what I offer, why I offer it. And then, like, in other ways, you can go into how that's actually going to be helpful. Um, right. You know, when you have more time to talk about those things and, you know, not in an elevator pitch, but if you have, like, a services page on your website or you're doing posts or Instagram stories or whatever it is or your emails and your welcome sequence, all of those things can go into the how. Right. And and that's not salesy either. That's just you sharing how it works and the process and and the life-changing impact it's going to make. Exactly. So yeah, the elevator pitch and the ideal client, having those found um, formed and just being grounded in those up front is going to save you so much trial and error down the road. You'll Mm -hmm. have some tweaks to what you do, but it's going to be a much shorter path to having the conversion that you want. So and without being salesy. So how, <laughs> how can you beat that, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing all of this information. I know this is going to be really helpful for listeners. And like I said at the beginning, I think so many people skip the elevator pitch. So if you're listening and that's you, you can work on your elevator pitch anytime. And there's so many action steps that Natalie shared in this episode on how to get started with that. So I hope that you do write your elevator pitch. Um, But before we wrap up today, I'd love um, for you to just tell listeners where they can learn more about you online. Sure. The best place to go is my website. And from there, you can see where I am on Facebook and Instagram. I also have a free Facebook group for um, writing. And my website is nataliejensitz.com. So I can I'll spell that, I guess, if that's needed. <laughs> no, um, that's fine. N-A-T-A-L-I-E-G-E-N-S-I-T-S dot com. You can see all of my places and um, my offerings there. Okay, well, great. Thank you so much. And I will also make sure to link all of that up in the show notes, too, for those listening. Um, yeah, and thank you again, Natalie, for coming on to the GoTo Wellness Pro podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Julie. It was, it was fun, and I am happy to share Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. For more episodes, show notes, and to learn more about working with me, head to julesdesign.co. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would take just a couple minutes to head over to iTunes and leave a review. And if you're not already, please subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, sending lots of love and support, and I'll see you next week.